0: Capital, my dear Watson. Let us return to our humble abode. 221B Baker Street, please, carry. From London, we present The Second Stain, a play for radio by Michael Hardwick, based on the short story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The Second Stain. The reason why I have not hitherto included the adventure of the second stain in these chronicles of the cases of Mr. Sherlock Holmes lies in the nature of the affair itself. In fact, it was only upon my representing to him that I promised my public that it should someday hear the account that he recently gave his consent. But he stipulates that my narrative must be a carefully guarded one, and if in presenting it I seem to be somewhat vague in certain details, then pray be assured that there is an excellent reason for my reticence. May come in, gentlemen? Thank you. May Uh, I present my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson, sir? sir. Uh, Yes. Your servant, gentlemen. If you will sit here, Lord Bellinger, Bellinger. and you here, Mr. Hope. Thank you. you. Mr. Holmes, I shall come straight to the point. If you please. I discovered my loss at 8 o'clock this morning. I at once informed the Prime Minister... And it was at his suggestion that we have both come straight to you. In the strictest confidence that we make it plain. Rest assured, Prime Minister. May I ask if the police have been informed? No, sir. Nor shall they be. Indeed. To inform the police must in the long run mean to inform the public. I understand. Now, Mr. Hope, you speak of this as your loss. I should be much obliged if you would tell me exactly what has occurred. I can do that in a very few words. The letter was from a foreign potentate. It was received six days ago, and was of such importance that I have never left it in my office safe, but have taken it each evening across to my house in Whitehall Terrace, where I have kept it hidden in my bedroom in a locked dispatch box. Yes? It was there last night, of that I am certain. This morning, it was gone. I am a light sleeper, and so is my wife. We are both prepared to swear that no one could have entered our room during the night. And yet I repeat... The paper is gone. Was the dispatch box unguarded at any time during the evening? For several hours between my arriving home and going to bed. Oh. But I was in the house all the time. My wife was at the theatre. No one could have had access to the room except our servants. They are both completely trustworthy. I see. In any case, they could have had no inkling that the box contained anything of undue importance. Did your wife know about it? Certainly not. Yes, but could she have guessed? No, she could not. Have you lost any documents before? Never. Very well. You've told me who in England knows of this letter's existence. Now, who could know of it abroad? No one, save the man who wrote it. No one? We understand that he did not employ the usual official channels, even to the exclusion of his ministers. I see. Then next, I must ask you more particularly what this document is. That is a state secret of the utmost importance. I fear that we cannot tell you more. Gentlemen, you are two of the most busy men in the country. And in my own small way, I also have a good many calls upon me. I regret exceedingly that I cannot help you in the matter. Mr. Holmes, sir, I'm not accustomed to being treated in this way. I'm sorry, sir. I suppose we must accept your terms. It is unreasonable to expect you to act unless we give you our entire confidence. Just so, Lord Bellinger. The letter, then, is from a foreign potentate who has been ruffled by certain colonial developments in this country. It has been written hurriedly and entirely upon his own responsibility. It is couched in so unfortunate a manner with certain phrases of so provocative a character that his publication would undoubtedly lead to a ferment of feeling in this country. Really? I do not hesitate to say that within a week of his publication we should be impelled into war. Need I say more than that, Mr. Holmes? No, sir. Have you informed the sender of its loss? By cipher telegram. We believe that already he regrets having written it... and is just as concerned that it should never be published as we are. This being so, in whose interest is it that the letter should come out? Who would wish to steal and publish it? Ah, there, Mr. Holmes. You take me to regions of high international politics. Then we can assume that at this very moment... the letter is probably speeding on its way to one of the chancellories of Europe as fast as steam can take it precisely oh no my dear hope no one can blame you And now mr holmes what course do you recommend you think sir that unless this letter is recovered there will be war i think it is very probable then sir prepare for war what that is grave counsel mr holmes but are there uh, no inquiries you can make there are a few lord Belinda. then come along no. hope you let us know of any development during the day mr holmes i shall sir good day gentlemen allow me sir thank you good day good day Good day. by jove holmes i don't like the sound of this on the brink of war the situation is desperate watson but not hopeless but have you an idea then yes i believe the letter was taken by someone in the house but how acting on behalf of some foreign agent who by some means had come to know of its existence. Oh, a spy. Exactly. Well, even if you're right, it isn't going to help you much. As you said, the letter would have been passed on straight away. How could you hope to get it back? Unless I'm mistaken, the man behind this will prove to be one of that handful of international agents in London whose names are tolerably familiar to me. Mm. I will begin by going round and finding if each of them is still here. If one is missing, especially if he has disappeared since last night, We will have some indication as to where the document has gone. But uh, what can you hope to do then? If it's on the market, I'll buy it. Even if it means another penny on the income tax. With these fellows, it's money that counts. I have the British Treasury behind me. Yes, yes, of course. Now, now let me see. Yes. Yes, there are only three secret agents capable of playing so bold a game as this. Oberstein, La Rothier, and Eduardo Lucas. Just a minute, Holmes. Eduardo Lucas. Yes. Do you know them? Well, I didn't until I read my paper this morning. What? Um, Yeah, you you you'd you better listen to this. Now, where? Ah, here we are. A crime of a mysterious character was committed last night at sixteen Godolphin Street, Westminster, the home of Mister Eduardo Lucas. Well, known in society circles and regarded as one of the country's best amateur tenors. Oh, go on, Watson, go on. Oh, sorry. Um, at a quarter to midnight, police constable Barrett, observing that the front door was ajar, knocked but could gain no reply. Entering the house, he found a state of wild disorder with furniture and objects scattered and overturned. In the middle of the floor lay Mr. Eduardo Lucas. What? He had been stabbed to the heart and must have died instantly. Oh, my soul, Watson. Is there any more? Um, well, only to say that robbery didn't seem to be the motive. Amazing coincidence, eh, Holmes? A coincidence? Here is one of three men whom we had named as possible actors in this drama. And he meets a violent death during the very hours when we know that drama was being enacted. No, my dear Watson, the odds against coincidence are too enormous for figures to express. Do you think the events are connected? Precisely. And it's for us to find the connection. But what hope is there of secrecy now that the police are involved? The police know about Godolphin Street. They know and shall know nothing of Whitehall Terrace. Hmm. We must be on our guard, Watson. That is all. Ah, Mrs. Hudson.
1: There's a lady asking to see you, Mr.
0: Holmes. I have no appointments this morning. I'm sorry, I cannot see the lady. Well, here's her card. Oh, all the same, I... Yes, my soul. Ask her to come in, please. Very
1: good, sir.
0: you soon changed your mind, Holmes. hmm? A visit from Lady Hilda Trelawney Hope must have a bearing on our present inquiries. What? Hope's wife? Yes. Uh, Lady Trelawney Hope,
1: sir.
0: Good morning, madam. Good morning. Uh, May I present my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson? Charmed, madam. Charmed. How do you
1: do? Mr. Holmes... Has my husband been here?
0: He has, madam. Uh, Will you sit here? Uh,
1: No. Uh, Here will you. Oh, very well. Mr. Holmes, if you should meet my husband again, I implore you not to tell him I have called.
0: I fear I can make no unconditional promise.
1: I implore you also to tell me exactly what is happening and what it might lead to.
0: Your husband has not told you.
1: I know that a paper has been stolen from our house. And because my husband will not discuss it with me, I know it is a political document.
0: Why do you come to me?
1: Because... Because I can tell from my husband's state that the loss has struck him a grievous personal blow. I wish to know, and it is no use my asking him, whether his political career is in danger.
0: I think I can answer without betraying any confidence that if this matter is not set right quickly... It may certainly have a very unfortunate effect. Oh, oh madam, I... No. Can
1: I... Oh, I... I'm quite all right, Dr. Watson, thank you. thank you. Mr. Holmes, I want you to tell me all about this matter.
0: Madam, what you ask me is really impossible. But why? If your husband keeps you in the dark about it, is it for me, who have only learned the true fact under a pledge of professional secrecy, to enlighten you?
1: No, no, of course. Forgive me. I will take up no more of your time. But once more, I beg you will say nothing of my visit. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning,
0: Good morning, Good morning, madam. Good morning madam. I say, oh, what a beauty! As an expert upon the fair sex, Watson, what did she really want? Uh, Surely she made herself perfectly clear. Her anxiety is very natural. <laughs> Highly gallant. But think of her appearance. Note her manner, her suppressed excitement, her restlessness. Well. Remember that she comes of a caste who do not like to show emotion. Oh, she was certainly much moved. Did you also observe that she manoeuvred to have the light at her back? Yes, yes, yes. She chose her chair very carefully. You remember the woman at Margate who made me suspicious for that same reason? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no powder on her nose. That was all it proved to be in her case. <laughs> With Lady Hope, I fancy it was a desire not to let us read her expression too plainly. Oh, now, really, Hope? The motives of women are so inscrutable. Their most trivial action may mean volumes, or their most extraordinary conduct may depend upon a hairpin or a pair of curling tongs. How can you build on such a quicksand? Good morning, Watson. Your orphan? Yes, sir. I shall file away the morning at Godolphin Street. With Eduardo Lucas lies the solution of our problem. Now, you stay on guard and receive any fresh visitors. I'll join you at lunch, if I may. For the next three days, Holmes remained in a taciturn mood. He ran out and ran in, smoked incessantly, played snatches on his violin, sank into reveries, devoured sandwiches at irregular hours, and hardly answered the casual questions I put to him. He would say nothing about the case... And it was on the newspaper that I learned that Eduardo Lucas's valet had been suspected of his murder. However, a sensational occurrence led to his release. I managed to secure sufficient of Holmes's attention to read him the newspaper account. Oh, well, let me hear it, Watson. A report has been received from the Parisian police that a woman known as Madame Henri Fournier had suddenly become insane only a few days after returning from a visit to London. Enquiries in London disclosed that a woman of the same description had attracted attention at Charing Cross Station by the wildness of her appearance and manner. It now transpires that she had recently discovered that her husband maintained a bachelor establishment in London, in Godolphin Street, Westminster, under the name of Eduardo Lucas. (laughs) A few hours after Madame Fournier's hasty return to Paris, Her husband's murdered body was discovered in his london rooms french doctors hold out no hopes of being able to restore the woman's reason and it is generally thought that she may have committed the murder in the grip of jealous frenzy well there holmes what do you think of that lucas's death is a mere incident a trivial episode compared with our real task which is to trace this document and save a European catastrophe. About which you haven't seen fit to utter a blessed word to me these three days. My dear Watson, you are the most long-suffering of fellows. (laughs) But the only important thing that has happened is that nothing has happened. Mm. The letter disappeared three days ago, and yet nowhere in Europe is there the least sign of repercussion. Hasn't it reached its destination, then? If not, why not? Who has it? And why is it held back? Well, yes yes, 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 I see what you mean. Then what will you do? We, my dear Watson, what? will pay a visit to the scene of the murder. But you said that Lucas's death was a mere incident. Compared with our real task. But it may have something for us. And in any case, I have a note from our old friend, Lestrade, who is handling the case. Oh, is he? <laughs> he thinks he's made a discovery and wishes to consult me about it. Mm. We're scarcely in a position to overlook any possibility. Yes, Mr. Holmes, there's only one possible explanation, and that's the one they've come up with in Paris. Uh, Lucas was leading a double life. His wife found out, came over from France and placed his establishment here. One thing led to another, and she finished that by stabbing him. Then when she realized what she'd done, it proved too much for her mind. I can't help feeling sorry for the woman. You seem to have it all very clear, Lestrade. Then why send for me? Ah, well, uh, it's a mere detail, I admit, and can't have anything to do with anything, but oh, I thought it was one of those odd little things that appeal to your fancy. You intrigued me. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Well, now this is the room where Lucas was murdered, right? So are you inform us. Therefore, ever since the discovery of the crime, there's been one of my men on duty in here night and day, and nothing's been allowed to be touched or moved. Now. You see this loose rug here? Not fastened down anywhere? Yes, Inspector. I was having a final hunt round this morning and I had occasion to lift it. Yes? Like this. What? Heavily bloodstained on top. And you can see how the blood soaked right through. No bloodstains blood on the floorboards underneath. Exactly. But if I lift the other side of the rug here, there's your bloodstained floorboard. A second stain. Meaning that the rug has been turned round at some time? Yes. But I mean to say, it's not all that large. It could easily have been lifted by accident and not put back exactly. And not by any of my men, Dr. Watson. The spade? Yes? That constable in the passage. Has he been in charge of the place all the time? McPherson? Yes, he has. Then question him carefully. Don't do it in front of us. Speak to him outside while we wait here. Yeah? You'll be more likely to get a confession out of him alone. Confession? Yeah. What about? Ask him how he dared to admit unauthorized people and leave them alone in this room. Don't ask him if he's done it. Take it for granted. Press him. Do you understand? If anything like that's happened, I'll have it out of him. Constable McPherson. I want a few words with you. You better mind how you answer me. Now, Watson, now. Pull back that rug. Right, Holmes. <clears throat> there must be. Yes. But but where? What are you looking for? A cavity in the in these floorboards. I see. There has to be one, Watson. Mm-hmm. Confounded, where's my knife? Got it? Ah, there may not be time to. Ah, here we are. I knew it. A cavity. What's what's in it? Isn't it easier to let. Oh, cursed, it's empty. Holmes, then. Quick, Watson, quick. Get everything back in place before the trade comes in. There may still be hope. Right. Ah, That's it. Good. Just in time. I can hear him. Come in here, McPherson. I want these two gentlemen to witness what you've just told me before I put it into my report. Uh, She wanted to see where the crime was done. She'd read about it in the papers. She was a very respectable young woman, sir. I saw no harm in letting her have a peep. But when she saw that mark on the rug, she fell down in a faint. (laughs) One of the oldest tricks in the business. Well, I ran round the corner to the ivy plant to get some brandy for her. I wasn't gone about five minutes. And believe it or not, Mr. Holmes, when he got back, she'd recovered and gone. Oh, I'm very sorry, sir. Uh, Constable, this young woman, can you describe her for us? Well, she was pretty, sir. Yes? Uh, Well, uh, rather, I mean handsome, sir. Tall and real genteel-like, I thought. Uh, How was she dressed? Quiet like, sir. And what time was it? Just growing dusk, sir. Thank you. Well, the stage, we must be going. We have a call to make. Come along, Watson.
1: is most unfair and ungenerous of you after I had made it quite clear that I wished to keep my visit to you a secret by coming here now you have compromised that secrecy
0: unfortunately madam I had no possible alternative I have been commissioned to recover this immensely important document so I must ask you to be kind enough to place it in my hands
1: you insult me
0: come come madam it is useless give up the letter no do not ring for your butler If you do, then all my efforts to avoid a scandal will be frustrated. If you will give up the letter and work with me, all will be set right. If you work against me, I must expose you.
1: You are trying to frighten me. It is not a very manly thing to come here and browbeat a woman.
0: Pray sit down, madam.
1: I give you five minutes, Mr. Holmes.
0: Come, Lady Hilda. I have no desire to bring trouble to you. My duty ends when I have returned the lost letter to your husband.
1: I tell you again, you are under some absurd illusion.
0: I'm sorry for you, madam. I've done my best for you. Come, Watson. We must go at once to Mr. Trelawney Hope's office. Very well, Holmes. Mr. Holmes. Madam.
1: I beg you, please don't tell him. I love him so it would break his heart.
0: I am relieved to hear you say that, madam. Where is the letter?
1: Here it is, Mr. Holmes. Oh, to heaven, I have never seen it. But please, be careful. He will be home at any moment.
0: Now the question is, how can we return it to him without his knowing? Quick, Watson, think. Um, I, uh, Where's which... the dispatch box from which it was taken? It's
1: over
0: here. Y- it'll be locked, Holmes. How did you open it before, madam? You have a duplicate key? Yes, of course you have. Open it. Yes.
1: Yes. There.
0: Capital good plenty of papers now we'll trust this one well amongst them so and there please hide the key again good now lady hilda i'm going far to shield you in return you will spend the time until your husband arrives in telling me frankly the meaning of this extraordinary affair
1: i will i will but you must believe me please That there is no woman in London who loves her husband as I do. I could never, never have done what I did if I had not been forced
0: to... Quickly, madam.
1: It all springs from an indiscreet letter I wrote before my marriage. Somehow it passed into the hands of this man, Lucas. He lost no time in informing me and convincing me how it could be used to destroy my husband's confidence and trust in me.
0: He blackmailed you with it?
1: He said that he would return my letter if I would procure for him a certain letter which some informant in my husband's office had told him would be contained in that dispatch box. He assured me that no harm could come to my husband as a result of its loss. put yourself in my position, Mr. Holmes. What was I to do?
0: Take your husband into your confidence?
1: Oh, it is easy to say that. But Lucas convinced me that the consequence of the letter's disappearance would be small. Whereas I knew too well how great the consequences of a confession to my husband
0: might be. He is not uh, a forgiving man?
1: His own standard of honor is so high that he cannot forget or pardon any lapse by another.
0: How did you obtain a duplicate key of this dispatch box?
1: I took an impression of his key. This man, Lucas, furnished a duplicate.
0: So you took the letter as arranged. What then?
1: I carried it to Lucas at Godolphin Street. Our business was soon over. I gave him the letter, he gave me back mine. I was about to leave when there came a thunderous knocking at his door and I heard a woman's voice cry out. He threw back the rug before his desk, prized up a board and dropped the letter into a cavity there. Then he opened the door.
0: Pray, pray calm yourself, madam.
1: It was like some fearful dream. I was aside by a woman who rushed in she was screaming in French I could understand a little of it she said something like, I knew there was another woman at last I have found you with her my waking has not been in vain I saw a knife in her hand Lucas was trying to push her away I, I fled. <coughs> Listen, yes my husband now mr. Holmes you
0: have my promise
1: when I read of Lucas's death I was glad until I saw my husband's anguished state. I knew then that the letter must have been of very great importance. My one concern was to get it back. I watched his house for two days, wondering how I could get in. Then I grew desperate, and I tricked a young constable
0: into admitting... No more now. Ah, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, Uh, they told me you were here. Does this mean there is news? I have some hopes, sir. You have? Oh, thank heaven. The Prime Minister is with me... Ah, here he is. Oh, that so you exclaimed, thank heaven. Can this mean... Meeting... Hey, Hilda, my dear, this is a political matter. We will join you in a few minutes in the drawing room.
1: I understand, my dear. Good morning, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson.
0: Good morning, ma'am. Now, Mr. Holmes. I'm quite sure, Prime Minister, that there is no danger to be here. No danger? Then have you the letter? I have not. Then you cannot possibly reassure me. I have been thinking the matter over very closely. I am not convinced that anyone took the letter at all. I believe it is still in this house. This is not a time for joking, Mr Holmes. I am not joking. Am I, Watson? No, no, no. Mr Hope, have you examined your dispatch box since the day the letter was missed? No, it has not been necessary. I believe you may have overlooked it. Impossible. I have known such things happen. No, no, I had everything out. Open it and show him. Very well, sir. This is the box. I promise you, that letter is not amongst these papers. Letter from Lord Meadow. Report from Sir Charles Hardy. Memorandum from Belgrade. Letter... Good heavens! What is it? Great Scott! The letter! What a careless fool I must have been! Prime Minister, I... Oh, but what a weight from my mind! Uh, Mr. Holmes... You are a wizard, a sorcerer. How did you know it was there? Because I knew it was nowhere else. I can't believe my eyes. I must tell my wife that all is well. Hilda. (laughs) Poor fellow. Mr. Holmes, sir. Sir? There's more in this than meets the eye. Prime Minister, we also have our diplomatic secrets. (laughs) Hey Watson? <laughs> <laughs> that was The Second Stain by Michael Hardwick, based on the short story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes was played by Carlton Hobbs and Dr. Watson by Norman Shelley. Production for the BBC was by Martin C. Webster.